Welcome to the Warren Henderson Farm Bureau. We are live on WRAM. Welcome into our online listeners as well at RadioMonmouth.com. We're set for the Prairie Radio Communications WMOI WRAM Legislative Roundtable featuring all four of our local state legislators. They include State Representative Noreen Hammond, State Representative Dan Swanson, State Senator Neil Anderson, and State Senator Mike Helpin. Gina Sandberg, manager of the Warren Henderson Farm Bureau, here is our welcome. On behalf of the Warren Henderson Farm Bureau, I want to welcome and thank you all for your participation today at the Legislative Roundtable. I also want to be sure to thank Vanessa and all of Prairie Communications for your work in making this event possible to our listeners and communities. I look forward to the discussion. Thank you, Gina. The first hour, we will hear from each of our state legislators. They have a wrap-up from the veto session, important information involving law enforcement, education, municipalities, and agriculture. So we'll get started with the first round. We drew numbers to see who would go first. Senator Neil Anderson, you have the podium. The floor is yours, sir, for 10 minutes. Oh my gosh, 10 minutes. I don't know if I can fill all that. Um, Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here. Um, great to see um, all our law enforcement officials. Um, thanks for what you guys do. Um, so I guess just a, a, a brief kind of uh, overlay of a veto session. Um, it was uh, for a change. It was a, a little unremarkable. Um, not a whole lot happened. Um, we we kind of did what uh, veto session was intended to do for once. There wasn't any increased spending bills. There wasn't um, um, uh, there wasn't really any surprises uh, like uh, there usually is. Um, but overall. Um, you know some some things that we definitely have to uh, keep an eye on. I know one thing that uh, is is on everybody's mind, and that um, obviously law enforcement um, is the Safety Act. Um, this is something that we're going to have to keep an eye on, as uh, this is now in place, and um, see how how this is going to affect. Um, uh, how our sheriffs and state's attorneys are having to deal with with problems in our counties um, and I'm sure we'll hear from from some of those uh, folks here shortly but that is one thing that um, legislatively with statute we're going to have to keep uh, we're gonna have to keep in mind um, it's uh, hopefully gonna have to be something that when we do see see problems we're going to have to immediately go to the table with law enforcement with state's attorneys and uh, say hey this is uh, this is something we're gonna have to address we're going to have to address it very quickly because that's not what we seen when the safety act was uh, was initially passed um, as far as uh, um, agriculture I mean we're we're done for the year for the most part I think um, up by us in uh, um, uh, Western Rock Island County um, we had uh, a pretty good year um, uh, I know southern part of the district here uh, down past uh, Macomb it was a little a uh, little rougher um, but uh, thank God for genetics and uh, and uh, um, you know um, I think it's uh, overall been a lot better than uh, than it could have been um, Outside of that, coming up into this new into this new session, um, I think we have a lot of work to do. I think we have um, a lot of opportunity to look at places where we can save some money. Um, I think one thing that uh, has been a huge um, um, a huge surprise 
maybe to not to some but to others was how much um, how much money we're spending on uh, illegal immigrants and housing them especially in the city of Chicago um, we passed a bill that um, um, is giving immigrants um, free health care, um, among other things. So this is a huge cost to the state and um, to the tune of about a, a billion dollars. So um, we're either going to have to revisit that issue, um, as I think we should, or we're going to have to find places that we can cut and um, spend money there instead of other places, which I think would be a mistake. Um, so as always, um, a lot of fiscal, a lot of fiscal things that we're going to have to address. And if anybody's ever heard me speak before, and I think, um, I think even my colleagues from the other side of the aisle, as, as Senator Halpin would agree, whether you're Democrat, Republican, or Independent, it doesn't matter. The only way we're going to get out of the fiscal woes that we have in the state of Illinois is to grow our way out. We have to start focusing on the things that are our strengths. One of our biggest strengths in the state of Illinois is our agriculture. It is the number one economic driver in the state of Illinois. So we have to focus there. Um, we can't tax our way into prosperity. We can't tax our way out of the problems we're in. We're going to have to grow. So um, we're going to have to work side by side across the aisle to find ways that we can continue to keep growing. Um, if we don't, um, it's going to continue to get worse. So outside of that, I'm looking forward to, uh, to questions from uh, everybody. And um, yeah, thanks again for having us. And thanks to the Farm Bureau. Thank you very much. That is Senator Neil Anderson. We appreciate your comments. And yes, we'll have question and answer very soon. Up next is State Representative Noreen Hammond. Good morning, Vanessa, and thanks to uh, you and Prairie Radio Communications and all of your team here this morning. Um, appreciate the, the um, participation from our city officials from the surrounding areas, as well as um, law enforcement. I think um, when you look around this room, and, and for your um, listeners that are listening um, this morning, um, this is a great group of individuals that have gathered, and they're here um, first of all, because nobody really says no to Vanessa, let's be let's be honest about this. Um, but also because um, they want to be here and they want to be part of uh, the process and they want to be part of um, any solutions that we can certainly offer um, via the General Assembly or um, through our communities themselves. So um, I think Senator Anderson covered a lot of um, what went on um, during the veto session. Um, I can honestly say, at least in the House. Um, we did watch a lot of paint dry um, for the, certainly the first week of veto session and um, about the last two days is, is when things really geared up and, and uh, more seemed to get accomplished. Of course, we were waiting on the Senate and they have the, their afternoon naps that, that we have to pay attention to as well. Uh, but we did deal with a couple of very pressing issues um, for those that have uh, professional licenses of any kind um, through the state of Illinois there has been an incredible backlog um, certainly within the medical field um, within all occupations um, across the state and um, the Illinois Department of uh, Financial and Professional Regulation, better known as IDFPR, had um, been putting in place a software program that they thought was going to uh, make this better. 
And um, lo and behold, they found out uh, that after almost two years of trying to implement this, um, the software uh, did not work. And so we had to take um, action. <clears throat> and basically what we did was we gave um, FDR IDFPR, uh, the ability uh, to go after a vendor um, that could help them and that they could identify um, would get this process moving um, at, at the pace that it needs to be. Um, we are hopeful um, that, that that's going to be successful, but in the meantime, um, as kind of a stopgap, we also put in place the ability for um, the secretary to um, extend licenses for um, a period of time. So I think that all in all, um, that could be helpful. Um, it's not going to be helpful, however, when we're talking about folks um, in the medical field that are not currently licensed in the state of Illinois. So um, we really need to identify that. All too often we have um, physicians and, and nurses that um, have been guaranteed a position here in the state of Illinois, but they can't get their license in a timely manner. And Neil talked about how we move our state forward and, and uh, that's certainly one of the ways in which we can do it. Um, another issue that we dealt with, um, the governor had vetoed a bill uh, that dealt with a number of um, certainly property tax issues and some issues when it uh, came to um, wind and solar and how we handle that um, within the state of Illinois. Um, parts of that bill were um, left out and and a rewrite was done uh, so that our communities now have a better um, idea of um, what will be required of wind and solar providers and um, it will be in very close um, working relationship with the ag um, mitigation plan so um, I think that that was um, very helpful and kudos to Farm Bureau uh, for the part that they played in that and getting that uh, those changes done. Also, we had a, a significant issue with um, reinsurance and uh, the number of reinsurance providers it looked like was going to go to about one for the entire state of Illinois. And um, the insurance uh, industry as well as the Department of Insurance um, worked very closely together and, and so we have a five-year plan, a pilot program if you will, in place um, that will address uh, most of those issues, um, but we have to be sure that um, in five years we're not back to um, exactly the same situation uh, that we were in uh, just about a month ago. So um, I think hopefully um, we can work something out in, in five years. I don't think that that's a lot to ask. Um, in addition to that, we also um, did overturn a veto that the governor had um, offered on um, a small cell nuclear bill and uh, laid that out um, very specifically and, and that was um, successfully passed in both chambers and um, will soon be um, moving into to law. Um, we, we still have not done anything with um, the changes um, that were made as a result of the Safety Act and um, also um, the, um, the ban on uh, some uh, weapons and, and uh, magazines. So um, I did read this morning that the Illinois State um, uh, 
Rifle Association has filed suit um, in um, joining with the uh, suit in the Supreme Court. So um, we are hopeful that um, we can get a decision. I don't know that we can get a decision um, before everything is um, supposed to be in place by January 1, but um, we could do the very best that we can. Thank you. Appreciate being here. Noreen, real quick for our ag listeners, I just got a couple of texts. Could you just give them a little more understanding about the uh, reinsurance? Because that was about a catastrophic loss. Uh, could you give us the background? A lot of our farmers uh, are worried about insurance renewals. Sure. So um, th this um, bill that was passed removes the requirement that the farm mutual insurance companies um, have to maintain reinsurance that limits the exposure uh, to any one wind or hail event loss <coughs> to 20% of the policyholders surplus. Um, instead, it authorizes the Department of Insurance and the director um, in the event of a 500-year event to um, change that exposure limit. Um, and, and it also, um, they have to notify, uh, the, the companies would have to notify any policy ahead of time if they are no longer going to carry um, unlimited reinsurance. And um, th it requires a farm mutual company to maintain reinsurance coverage in an amount no less than would be required for a 250-year event. Thank you, State Representative Noreen Hammond. And we can leave her uh, microphone there. Next up, it looks like number three is State Representative Dan Swanson. Thank you, Vanessa, and to your team. Very much appreciate the Farm Bureau and everyone here. And I, as I get up here, number three, I'm wondering what the heck is Mike going to say? It's quite a challenge now. As, as Senator Anderson pointed out, there wasn't much that took place, but uh, I'm going to kind of talk about what's already been talked about already. But uh, thank you all for being here. It's great to see such leaders taking time out of their communities to be here with us today. And we're so grateful and thank you for that. Um, and, and just to tie in with uh, what Senator Hammond on that on her, the question is, it, timing is everything in legislation. And unfortunately, the timing on the insurance bill was such that some notifications had to go out to farmers or to um, clients prior to 1 January because that's when this was all going to end. And policies then that were coming due after 1 January, they had 90 days or 60 days to notify them. So unfortunately some letters went out and I know that caused a lot of confusion. And uh, that was so unfortunate. Uh, just to tie on a uh, couple details as a farmer, some that I was most interested in, I know uh, Luther Hammond touched on it, on the uh, uh, legislation on the, on the uh, turbine and, and solars in your communities. Previously, what was added to this legislation that me as a farmer is most interested in, and, and as Farm Bureau members too, and anyone else, is that prior to this legislation, the power companies could dig through a drainage ditch, could go through a creek, could do whatever was needed without any mediation plan. 
now prior to doing that they must have a mediation plan because of you know environmental concerns river flows water flows drainage ditches on our farms that um, we pay taxes to have them in good working order now those power companies must put those back in the state of which they found it so that's pretty important in my mind that that was taken care of um, and it requires uh, counties to hold a, a uh, hearing 60 days before the date of the application instead of 45 to give community members more opportunity to uh, become involved and I talked about the drainage additionally here's one um, it requires a pilot program to establish one new utility scale offshore wind project capable of producing at least 700,000 megawatt hours annually in Lake Michigan so um, the lovers and haters of wind turbines and everything the the eyesore I live near red light district Bishop Hill farm um, it now is going to require some to be placed off the shores in Lake Michigan which has been some real battlegrounds and some of the members have really stood up in opposition to that and on the nuclear moratorium just a little more information on that um, the governor signed that because he was fearful of these large new nuclear facilities being built and you know and then the discussion of what are we going to do with the the, uh, the the rods and the the fuels and those type of things well with these smaller um, modular reactors they're going to only have the capability of producing up to 300 megawatts which is about 230,000 homes that they'll be able to provide energy for. And I understand that the, the rods that are used in this have a lower rad do dose, so lower radiation output. Um, so of course then if that's the case, it'd be uh, less of a issue environmentally when it comes time to, to expose of these rods. So, um, and I understand too that these small modular reactors are already in place in Europe in some of the European countries so we'll have the benefit of learning um, what's taking place or what's going on there so um, that's pretty much all I have to add um, as a side note uh, as Senator Anderson noted the uh, harvest this year um, I hopefully will wrap up this afternoon uh, once I uh, get back in the fields it's been a, a great fall when we look back on what things look like back in June back about the middle of June if we'd have said that we're gonna make 200 bushel corn they'd be putting us in a straitjacket and hauling us off but uh, it's so fortunate God's blessed us with a great crop and as we come into the Thanksgiving season it's just so much more to be thankful for and blessed so thank you and now number four thank you that is state representative Dan Swanson now time for state senator Mike Halpin Uh, thank you. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, first thing I'm going to say is, what am I going to say? And then, and then Dan steals that line from me, too. Um, I, I also want to start by uh, thanking Vanessa and, and the station and everyone in the community for the outreach and the invitation to, to participate today. I think it's one of the most important things we can do uh, is to get in front of the listeners and, and tell them what's, what's going on in, uh, in Springfield and, and back here in the district. Um, 
since I have a little bit of time, I know uh, everyone listening may not be aware of who I am, but um, I represent the 36th Senate District, which uh, includes uh, the Quad Cities where I live in Rock Island, uh, and uh, down to Galesburg, just north of here, Monmouth, and Macomb, and all the great rural towns in between. And I've uh, I've appreciated be being able to work in the Senate and taking in. Uh, con in consideration uh, some of the areas that I haven't had the opportunity to represent before. Uh, I live in Rock Island as I mentioned with my wife and, and two children um, and <clears throat> I come from a, uh, a middle-class family. Uh, I was the first in my family to go to college and so as I as I came into the Senate one of my uh, issues and one of the things I wanted to bring attention to was higher education in the area. I was appointed as co-chair of the Senate Higher Education Committee, and I know it's extremely important uh, to the, the the towns and the counties in this district when you consider the, the university presence here uh, in Monmouth, as well as in Macomb, Galesburg, and the Quad Cities. We have, uh, the 36th district has almost every uh, higher education institution uh, located in Western Illinois, and with the exception, I think, Quincy uh, University. And so uh, I've been tra traveling the district to, to meet with these universities. I've been traveling the state to meet with other, our other public institutions and really trying to uh, figure out how we're going to continue to encourage those that want to get that higher education, uh, encourage them to do so in a way that's accessible and affordable, and then also make sure that we're connecting folks that don't want to seek a formal higher, higher education but might want to start an apprenticeship or a certificate program uh, in order to go straight into the, the workforce. And we need to encourage all those students regardless of what choice they, they decide to make. Um, so that's one of my, my bigger issues. I actually just came back from um, St. Paul, Minnesota for a Midwest Higher Education Conference uh, and a lot of interesting things to think about as we go into next spring and we consider the uh, the higher, higher Education Funding Commission and hopefully what their recommendations will be over the next several months. When it comes to veto session though, well, before I get into veto session, one thing that wasn't really veto session, but we did get some news on is in relation to the, the carbon pipeline. Obviously, that's been a, a contentious issue. And uh, one application was uh, recently withdrawn, and there have been other, some concerns raised about the, the Wolf Carbon application. Uh, I think no decisions have been made, obviously, but it's something that we'll be keeping an eye on. So then moving on to veto session, um, uh, Representative... Uh, Hammond and Swanson mentioned the, the nuclear bill. That was a, uh, a great example of a bipartisan effort to position the state of Illinois for the future. Uh, too often we are uh, reactive, uh, no pun intended I suppose, uh, uh, but we, we react to things, we do try to do things in a hurry. What this bill does is just uh, make sure that Illinois is open for research and for development and that these may be an opportunity as we go forward. Uh, without this bill that we passed in a bipartisan way, Illinois would not be an option for any company or business that wanted to uh, explore this as an option for energy production. And so I'm glad that we are uh, one of the, the states that will be at the forefront, be in that conversation, and hopefully be in a position to attract uh, businesses uh, in, in developing this technology. I think we've made great strides on the, the climate front and in going towards uh, renewable energy. but. 
as we sit here today, renewable energy isn't the the, the full answer. It's not constant. Uh, it, it's difficult to for it to provide base load capacity, and so we need to make sure we have other options as we transition away from our fossil fuels. And again, this was a good example of Democrats and Republicans working together, House and Senate, and with the governor's office to come to some uh, agreement. With regard to that uh, professional regulation bill, this one was of, of significant importance to me. When I was in the House of Representatives before uh, 2022, I had sponsored a bill that would require the Department of Financial Regulation to approve or deny an application within 30 days. Uh, things were going uh, multiple months, sometimes in many cases over a year as people applied for their licenses, and they wouldn't even be told what the department was waiting for. I use this one example. We found out that a, uh, an applicant, uh, her university hadn't provided the transcript to the department yet, and the department was waiting on this transcript, but they never told the applicant that's what they're waiting for. Um, and to my mind, you know, if I'm an applicant, and I hear that my university that I paid money towards <laughs> and am trying to uh, you know, honor their reputation by getting a job uh, and going into a career isn't sending a transcript, I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to make sure they send that transcript instead of just waiting for this, for this black hole. So when I, when I introduced that bill, it got put on hold. The department said, we're trying, we're trying, we're going to have increased technology, we're going to make this work, it's going to uh, shorten this time frame. And I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt. And now two years later at a Senate or a, a committee hearing just a couple months ago, they say, oh yeah, by the way, all that work that we're doing was, we have to undo. We're not going to have this technology now because of uh, some bureaucratic issue. And so this bill, um, I think will give the department the tools they need to make this happen quickly. Uh, but we're going to still need to hold them accountable as we go forward to make sure that the promises they're making uh, are being kept so we can get people to work here in the state of Illinois. And then lastly, uh, the, the Farm Mutual Insurance Bill was mentioned, and that's another great example of, of people working together in Springfield. And the legislature takes a lot of heat sometimes for doing things at the, at the last minute uh, or waiting till a deadline to get something done. But this was a case where it was very important that we got something done quickly. The, the reinsurance issue was coming to a head January 1st. The deadline for getting letters out to policyholders was, I think, November 1st, which was the week right between our two veto sessions. And so it was critically important that we get consensus on, on how to approach this issue. And, and again, this is um, uh, a constituent-driven issue. We were contacted immediately by uh, uh, late summer, <coughs> early fall, by uh, local uh, mutual farm mutual insurance company saying this is the problem we need to address and this is how we'd like to address it. Uh, and so we uh, communicated with them, uh, they were in contact with their Springfield representative uh, and the chairs of the insurance committees to make sure that they could get something drafted and then uh, each of us here worked our own caucus and, and uh, chamber to try to make sure that uh, folks that didn't necessarily have a connection to farm mutual insurance or the ag industry knew how important it was to uh, everyday people here in, in downstate Illinois. And they very much listened, and we were able to get it done. It would have been great to get it done the, completely in that first week of veto session, but uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes the miracle takes, takes six to seven days, right? 
um, but we did get it done. And I, I, I want to express my thanks and, and appreciation to all the local legislators here that um, even if we disagree on some of the, some of the big hot topic issues, um, I believe we work really well together for issues that really affect uh, our local businesses, our local communities, our local farmers, and look forward to continuing that, that working relationship over the next several years. Um, with that, that's all I have. Thanks you again. Thank you again for having me here and looking forward to answering some questions. Thank you, Senator Mike Halpin. And uh, real quick, I'm going to start with uh, Senator Halpin as he takes a seat again. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank all four of you for the hard work that you do in Springfield. You guys are busy. You know, you may be out of session, but I can I can speak that I talk to 90% of you all the time. There's always something going on. You're working all the time in your districts. So how about a, a round of applause for our uh, local politicians? Thank you uh, very much. Also, we're going to meet the panel here, but real quick, uh, if I'll start with Senator Halpin and then move down the row, please tell people what committees you're on for our listeners and or our folks in the room, and how is the best way to reach your office for an issue such as that Farm Mutual? Sure. So I am, a, uh, first of all, co-chair of the Senate Higher Education Committee with uh, Republican Senator Dale Fowler from uh, deep southern Illinois. Um, in addition to that, I serve on the Judiciary Committee, uh, the Veterans Affairs Committee, and the uh, Criminal Law um, uh, Committee. Okay. And what's the best way for folks oh, to reach your way, office? Yeah, so Senator Mike Halpin at gmail.com uh, or my Rock Island office at 309 558 Three six one two. We also have a, a, a mostly full-time office in Galesburg. I don't have that number off the top of my head yet. I don't call it as much, but uh, um, the Rock Island number will get you the help that you need. Okay, thank you, uh, Senator Anderson. Yeah, so um, I am uh, the Senate Republicans Caucus Chair, uh, and I sit on the Agriculture Committee, um, uh, Energy and Public Utilities. Uh, trying to having a having a blank um i am the uh minority chair of the executive committee which is where all the really controversial stuff goes through um and uh veterans affairs committee um best way to reach my office is um senator neil uh senator neil anderson at gmail.com um you can call uh, Representative Hammond's office, which is my satellite office. Our, my home office is in Alito. Um, that's 309-230-7584. Um, and my office is Representative Hammond's satellite office. And then uh, also just opened up an office in Kiwani with Representative Weaver. Okay, also a first responder as well. Thanks uh, for being a firefighter for us. Appreciate Thanks. it. Representative Hammond? Uh, thank you, Vanessa. And, and if you noticed uh, Senator Anderson hesitate when trying to go through committees. It's because when we're in Springfield, we go wherever our LAs tell us to go at whatever time we're supposed to be there. Um, and, and we don't ask any questions. Um, I serve as the uh, minority spokesperson for the uh, Human Services Committee. Um, I'm also a minority spokesperson on the Rules Committee. And in addition to that, I um, am a member of the Executive Committee, uh, Public Utilities, and Gaming. And the best way to get a hold of me, um, email is real simple. It's rephammond at macomb.com. Um, my Macomb office phone number is 
2707 and Aaron Smith is my um, legislative aide in the Macomb office and um, also um, for Senator Anderson as we share that that office as well as the Alito office together. Thank you, Representative Hammond. Representative Swanson? So I'm blessed to serve on many committees. I serve on the Agriculture Conservation Committee. Um, I serve on Appropriations Higher Education Committee, which is a very interesting committee. Each one of the public colleges, universities, presidents come before us to explain their appropriations or dollar amounts they want. I serve on child care access and early childhood. I serve as minority spokesperson on elementary secondary ed school curriculum and policies, which is a very interesting committee. I also serve on um, higher education, where I am the minority spokesperson for higher education. I serve on transportation, vehicles, and safety. And then I'm minority spokesperson for Veterans Affairs. Uh, the best way to reach me is um, my Woodhall office is 309-334-7474. Uh, and you'll speak to Shaney Sanders Brown. And in my Springfield office, 217-782-8032. And Erica um, is now my new legislative assistant, uh, just starting today. And my email address is swanson at ilhousegop.org. And uh, you know, whether you want to, uh, if you ever come to Springfield, just give us a call and. Uh, I enjoy having people come to visit in Springfield and having tours and pages for a day and, and just having groups come down. It's always fun to, to entertain in Springfield. So thank you. Thank you, State Representative uh, Dan Swanson. So our special guest panel today, that includes Mayor Rod Davies of Monmouth. Thank you for being here. Mayor Mike Inman of Macomb. Dwayne Bonifer, who is a vice president in the communications office at Monmouth College. Thanks for being here, Dwayne. Also, Laura Nagel, Carl Sandburg College Executive Director of Marketing and Public Relations. With us from Monmouth Roseville's administrative team, we do have Katie Morrison and Amy Freitag. We'll hear from them. Thank you both for being here today. I know it's hard to get out of the office as educators. And uh, also with us today, we do have uh, law enforcement. We'll start with uh, Sheriff Matt Link, who's with Henderson County. If you could stand, Sheriff, that would be great. Also with us is Sheriff uh, Jack Harlan with Knox County. Also Sheriff Martin Edwards with Warren County. Investigator Josh Kramer here with the Monmouth Police Department and Sheriff Nick Pettigrew with McDonough County. First of all, on behalf of all of us at the radio station, thank you for trying to keep uh, us safe. We've got a lot of challenges right now. Today you get a, an opportunity to talk and share those challenges and opportunities in your departments. But most importantly, thank you to your officers, your deputies, and your, your staff for what you do for us to keep us safe. Can we have a round of applause for them? Thank you, gentlemen. You may be seated.
seated. It is uh, 1040. We're going to take our break just about five minutes early. We're going to come back. We're going to start with municipality, move to uh, higher education, education in general, and then we're going to finish with our law enforcement for the next hour. And we do have a uh, lunch for all of you today. Uh, Becky Ellison is catering, so everyone in the room today is a special guest. And that's why Noreen says nobody tells me no because I make sure to feed everybody very, very well. I want to point out Corey Berglund is here on behalf of the Warren County Republican Party. Also with the Democratic, uh, Repo uh, almost the Democratic Republican Party, Democratic Party is uh, Steve Bubin, retired professor from Monmouth College, and Tom Best. You can hear his uh, show, and now you know more on the radio station, and retired educator as well as my team from Prairie Radio Communications. So we'll be back to begin the special guest panel of question and answer. Lou Steinbrecher with the city administrator, and Annie with us from Senator Neil Anderson's office as well. We'll take that 10-minute break. We'll be back with the Legislative Roundtable.